0: If you have a Bible, Proverbs chapter 31 is where we'll be today. My name is Nate and I'm the new guy today and I'm so glad to get to be back at Highlands. I'm super grateful to Pastor Jesse and Nick and the, the elders for giving me the opportunity. And if you're watching this and you're from Highlands, Kent, I can't wait to meet you. And I can't wait to be able to gather with you together again someday, Lord willing, someday soon. But Proverbs chapter 31 is where we are today. We'll be concluding our study of the book of Proverbs. I don't know about you, but I can be really dumb sometimes. (laughs) Like if you left me on my own, I would ruin my life. And so I'm very grateful for a book like Proverbs to help unwise people like me. A great example of that in my life is how I almost didn't marry my wife, Courtney. Uh, We've been married um, a little over a year now, but we dated for a couple of years um, a long time ago. And so we had been dating for a while, but I just could not make up my mind if I wanted to marry her. And I knew that she was a beautiful, godly, hardworking, wise, intelligent woman. And so naturally, I just had all kinds of reasons why I didn't know if I should marry her, right? Again, really dumb sometimes. And so eventually, after about two years of her waiting for me to propose, she just decided that she wasn't going to continue to toss pearls to swine. And so she broke up with me and she moved to St. Louis. And that was crazy. That was a crazy time for me. And after about six months, I came to my senses and I realized how much of a major mistake I was making by letting her get away. And so I flew to Seattle to meet with her dad. And after some grueling conversations with him and some big gestures for her, I moved to St. Louis to win her back. And eventually we got back together and we got married. And I'm so grateful for that. Now we've got a daughter named Esther. And so it worked out. But the only reason it worked out is because there is wisdom to be found in God's word because otherwise fools like me would blow it. And so if you are a future a future husband who's watching this today, then today's message from Proverbs chapter 31 is for you. Now, Proverbs chapter 31 is is typically used in women's retreats or in women's conferences or in women's Bible studies. And it's certainly uh, good for that. But if you're a young man who's watching this today, then don't write off this chapter of the Bible because you think, oh, well, that's the the passage in scripture for women and it's got nothing for me. Because actually this text that we're looking at today, this text is actually the, the words of a mother to her son, about how to find a godly wife. And so you need to pay attention if you're a future married guy today. But it's not just a text for future married guys. It's also a text for men who are already married. If you're married, this text can be a huge, huge way for you to be reminded to encourage and praise and brag on your wife and so I hope that you'll pay attention to what we're going to study today as well. If you're a future wife who's watching this, this text is for you. It's not for you in the sense that it's like a checklist that you need to go through these verses that we're going to look at and you're going to, you know, make sure you've got purple linens in your home and make sure that you know how to, you know, be domesticated enough to be a good woman or something. It's not a checklist like that. But it's It is a model. It's an example of an ancient Near Eastern woman. And we can learn a lot about what a wise woman looks like from looking at this text. And so if you're a future married woman, this is for you. And if you're married and you're a woman, this is for you, because this can also be a reminder for you of the kind of attributes that you should aspire to. Again, not as like a checklist, but as a guide, as some principles that are helpful. And if you're watching this and you're single and you intend to be single forever and you feel gifted with singleness, this text also has something to say for you as well, whether you're a man or a woman, because there are principles in this text that draw from the rest of the book of Proverbs. And in many ways, this chapter is like, it's like a, a compilation. It's like a summary of the principles that have been discussed throughout this book. So Proverbs chapter 31 is where we'll be today. Uh, The first verse gives us some context for this chapter. It says this, the words of King Lemuel, a pronouncement that his mother taught him. So King Lemuel must've been a foreign king because we don't have record of him being an Israelite king. So he's a foreign king and he's following the tradition and following the wisdom of Solomon. And he's got this advice that he remembers his mom giving him. And the first nine verses are advice about how to be a king. And then verses 10 through 31 are verses of his mom telling him what to look for in a wife. And so that's the, the section of the chapter that we're going to focus on today, verses 10 through 31. So we're going to jump into that. Here's Uh, the guide we're going to use as we look at these verses. We're going to look at three attributes of a wise woman, three actions of a wise man, and one advocate for foolish failures. So first, three attributes of a wise woman. Here's the first one. A wise woman is kind. A wise woman is kind. Look at verses 11 and 12. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will not lack anything good. Verse 12, she rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. This wise woman is a woman who is kind. Her husband can trust her because he knows that she has his best interest at heart. She's also generous, sharing her resources with the poor. Look at verse 20. Her hands reach out to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. So she cares for others by sharing her resources. There's also kindness in how she talks and teaches. Look at verse 26. Her mouth speaks wisdom and a loving instruction is on her tongue. By saying that she speaks wisdom, it means that she's gossip free. And because she's gossip free, it makes her trustworthy. It makes her kind. And it says that, uh, and speaking wisdom means that she chooses her words carefully she chooses her words carefully. We know that because Proverbs 15, one says, a soft answer turns away anger. So someone to, who's wise uses their words carefully and they choose to speak kindly. And this woman has loving instruction on her tongue, meaning that she teaches with a high value for the one who's learning. So a wise woman is a woman who is kind. So, If you're a wife and you're listening to this, here are some questions that you could ask yourself to help you evaluate. Am I living wisely? Am I living with kindness? Does your husband know that he can trust you? When you talk about your husband, is it clear that you're his supporter and not his critic? When you think, when you talk about your husband, both, Uh, to him and when he's not around, and when he is around, but you're talking to others. Is it clear that you're his supporter and not his critic? And if you're listening to this and you're a single woman or a future wife, are are you using your resources to benefit others? How carefully are you using your words? A wise woman, is kind. Here's the second attribute of a wise woman. A wise woman is hardworking. A wise woman is hardworking. Look at verse 13. She selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. Look at verse 15. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. Verse 17, she draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. Verse 19, she extends her hands to the spinning staff and her hands hold the spindle. Verse 22, she makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Verse 24, she makes and sells linen garments. She delivers belts to the merchants. Now again, These verses are not a checklist for you, like, well, you better find some flax, you know, or uh, you better start buying and selling garments and delivering belts to merchants, you know. It's not a checklist, instead, it's a guide. This woman is gifted and responsible and she's using all all of her energy and resources to be productive for the sake of her family. The point is a wise woman uses her time wisely and finds ways to be productive. You don't have to buy flax to be a wise woman, but you do have to work hard. She's not a lazy slacker or a time-wasting gossip or a complainer and arguer. Instead, she's an example of what the Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24 where he says, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. You don't get the sense from the Proverbs 31 woman that she's, you know, working really hard, but she's complaining about it to everybody that she encounters. You don't get that sense. Instead, like Colossians three, she's doing it from the heart with enthusiasm. When I think about this kind of woman, I think about my grandmother. Uh, When I was a kid, I used to go to my grandmother's house before school every day and she would make breakfast for me and help me study for uh, classes and help me with my homework. And then she would be the one to take me to school and pick me up from school. And my grandmother, um, she literally vacuumed her house every single day. Um, She made all kinds of food for people. She would pay the bills, she would mow the yard. She even got a a part-time job just because she wanted something to do. She got a part-time job at this grocery store in the South called Winn-Dixie. She managed the the card department. So she made sure that all the cards were in the right slots and she loved that. But she was a hardworking woman. To be a wise woman means that you use your time productively. That doesn't mean that you have to be a great cook or that you have to keep house or that you, you know, automatically, are gonna be super domesticated or whatever. It just means that you use your time productively. So wives, here are some questions. How are you using your time to serve your family? And how's your attitude while you do it? If you're a single woman, how are you using your time to serve others? In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, the apostle Paul says that single people act, actually have a gift of some time that they can use in order to build up the church. So single woman, how are you using your time? So a wise woman is hardworking. Here's the third attribute of a wise woman. A wise woman is discerning. A wise woman is discerning. This means that she makes good decisions and she lives with the future in mind. This is a woman who thinks carefully about the decisions that she's making and lives with purpose and intentionality. Look at verse 16. She evaluates a field and buys it, she plants a vineyard with her earnings. She's evaluating the field, thinking, would this be a wise investment? So she's thinking carefully about the decision. Verse 18. She sees that her profits are good and her lamp never goes out at night. You know why her lamp doesn't go out at night? Because she thought ahead of time, oh, we're gonna need some oil for the lamp. Verse 21, she is not afraid for her household when it snows, for all in her household are doubly clothed. So obviously this woman had the opportunity to provide for her family, but this is not just a principle for wealthy people. Anybody can think ahead. Okay, it's gonna be winter someday and it's gonna get cold. Are we prepared for that? This is a woman who's thinking about the future. Verse 27, she watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. This is a woman who is, who is discerning. She's thinking critically about the future and making wise decisions. So here's a question for you to consider. This is actually my wife's question. I think it's great. She says, are you feeding your future or your feelings? Are you feeding your future or your feelings? In other words, some days you're going to feel like doing this and that's going to be the thing that you really want to do. But is that the wise thing to do in light of the future? Are you feeding your feelings today or your future? Are you being intentional with the time that you have? Psalm 90 says, teach us to number our days, Lord, so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Ephesians 5.15 says kind of the same thing. Because our time is limited, we need to use it carefully. We need to be discerning. So ladies, wives, are you marked by wisdom? A wise woman is kind, hardworking and discerning. But while this text has a lot to say to women, it also has a lot to say to men. In fact, it's actually addressed to men. Like we said, this is a mother's advice to her son about ultimately how to choose a wife. And so in verse 10, here's what the mother says. She says, who can find a wife of noble character or a wife of excellence? She is far more precious than jewels. In other words, men, men, you need to pay attention to these verses as well. So here are three actions of a wise man in light of these verses. Three actions of a wise man. First, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Now, this is actually um, something that we are told in verse 30 is what makes the Proverbs 31 woman so great. Uh, Listen to Proverbs 31 verse 30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. In Proverbs chapter 1, remember we've, we've talked about how the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So what it means to be wise is to fear the Lord. Now here's why that's an action that men need to take in light of this text, because look at verse 23. In verse 23, this is something that is said about the woman but something that she can't control on her own. Look at verse 23, her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. Now, again, that's not something that the woman could do on her own, but one of the things that makes the woman distinguished as being wise and honorable is the fact that her husband is someone wise and honorable. So husbands, you can help your wife become the woman God has called her to be by becoming the kind of man that you should be. If you are a deadbeat, you're keeping your wife from becoming all that she can be. So men fear the Lord, fear the Lord. What does that look like? I think it looks like being a man of faith, be a man, like Proverbs 3, 5 says, who trusts in the Lord with all your heart, who leans not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledges the Lord. Be that kind of man, be a man of faith. A man of faith is someone who is going to remind himself and his family of the gospel. A man of faith is someone who is gonna lead his family to read the Bible together, to pray together and to sing together. A man of faith is going to trust God with his finances. He's going to be an active church member, attending, connecting, serving, giving. Don't be the guy that your wife is dragging to church, but fear the Lord and trust him. Be a man of faith. I think fearing the Lord also means that you are a man of integrity. You tell the truth. You work hard when you're at work. You're fully present at home. You do the dishes, you cook dinner, you vacuum, you help kids with homework. You're fully present, you're fully engaged, you're a man of integrity, fear the Lord. If you want your wife to be a Proverbs 31 kind of woman, then you become a Proverbs kind of man and walk in the way of wisdom. So fear the Lord, that's the first action. Here's the second action of a wise man. Listen to your mom (laughs) <laughs> listen to your mom. King Lemuel is the one who's you know, letting Solomon in on this advice that his mom told him because he remembers it. You know why he remembers it? Because he listened to her. So men, we need to listen to older, wiser counsel. Now, depending on your story, your mom may not actually be the most wise person for you to listen to always. I don't know. Certainly you're called to honor her but maybe she's not the most wise person to listen to, but the principle is still the same. There are older people, both men and women, that you should be listening to. In fact, this is the mistake that Solomon's son, who again was the original audience for this whole book of Proverbs, this is the principle that Solomon's son Rehoboam missed. In 1 Kings chapter 12, you can read this sometime. Rehoboam becomes king And he gets all of his buddies together and he puts them in positions of authority in the kingdom. And he begins listening to their advice instead of the advice of the elders and the older people who had worked with his dad. And the result is disastrous because he was young and these guys didn't know what the heck they were doing. And so they made a mess of things and they ended up dividing the kingdom because they didn't listen to older, wiser voices, but men. Be wise and listen to your mom. Find an older woman or an older man in the church and just begin learning from them. Ask them questions, take them to coffee. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So we need counsel from other people. Listen to your mom. That's the second action of a wise man. Here's the third. The third action of a wise man Cherish your wife. Cherish your wife. Look at verse 10 again. Who can find a wife of noble character? She is far more precious than jewels. She is far more precious than jewels. Look at verse 28 and 29. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Again, if your wife's going to be a Proverbs 31 woman, she needs you in on it. You've got to be praising her, encouraging her. Here's what he says, verse 29. Many women have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. If you're, here's what this means, to cherish your wife. If, if you're single right now, obviously you can't do that, right? But here's what you could do. If you know a woman who is wise and godly, Ask her out. (laughs) Don't be foolish like me and think of, oh, well, what if I met this person? Or, ah I just don't know if I'm ready for that. Instead, remember, who can find a noble wife? She's far more precious than jewels. So act like it. Ask her on a date. If you're married, praise her. Just shower her with words of affirmation. Um, this week, um, I failed at this. Uh, I So we moved, we got here last weekend. Um, and Monday, we were able to unload our U-Haul at our house. So Monday afternoon, we get it all unloaded. And then Tuesday, I go to work and Courtney starts unloading some of the boxes. And on Tuesday, she finished... Uh, Our kitchen, our living room, and she got all the boxes sorted into the right places that they should be. And she did all of that while also having a three-month-old who needed to eat, you know, every two and a half hours. And I came home, and rather than focus on the good that she had accomplished, I immediately asked her, when are we going to finish up our bathroom? because there was kind of a box standing in front of the sink when I went to wash my hands and brush my teeth and it was frustrating to me. And so I asked her that question after I walked past the work that she had finished. Do you see what I did there? I was not being the man that a Proverbs 31 woman needs. Instead, I was becoming a critic rather than an encourager. Learn from my mistake. Don't do that. Let's be men who who praise our wives. And so a simple little principle that I'm gonna try after reading this text, and you are welcome to try it too, is when you see something good, say something to her. When you see something good, say something to her. Um, You could try it like this. You were so patient with the kids today. I love that about you. You could say, the way that you straightened up the kitchen was awesome. I love that you manage our home so well. These are just statements of things that I notice. because isn't it true, men, that we notice our wives do these incredible things, and we may even tell our friends about it, but sometimes we, for whatever reason, don't say it to her. But let's be men who cherish our wife by praising her, by bragging on her, by encouraging her. When we see something good, let's say it, whatever that might be for you. So cherishing her I think means praising her with words of affirmation. I think it also means treating her with great care. She's far more valuable than jewels, it says in verse 10. So be as interested in your wife as you are Husky football. Be as as delicate with your wife as you are your new computer or your new car or your new thing. Be as diligent about checking in on how she's doing as you are about checking in on your investment account. She's far more valuable than Jules. So so treat her delicately, care for her greatly. And when you can, roll out the red carpet and celebrate her. Take her on a date and surprise her. In fact, as a church, we wanna help you with this. The next book that we're studying is Song of Songs. And Jesse will be kicking that off next week. And as a church, we are going to have, uh, we're going to have some date boxes available just to help you do this. Because it's so important, men, for, for us to especially be cherishing our wife. We want to help with that. But you don't need to wait for the date box to start. Think about this, husbands, You are the only legitimate source of romance in your wife's life. So let's cherish our wives. Let's make them feel loved and cherished. So men, let's be men that our wives can be proud of. Let's be men who fear the Lord, who listen to our mom and who cherish them. Now, As I was reading over these notes on Wednesday night, I was just struck with how much of a hypocrite that I'm gonna be to come up here and proclaim, men, here's, you know, we need to do this because there are so many times where I'm a foolish failure. And maybe you feel that today. Maybe you're a mom or a wife listening to this and you just are exhausted and you feel so guilty because of the job that you feel like you're doing. Maybe you're a husband or dad and you just feel beaten up already. And you're just, you know that you're letting your family down but you don't really know how to turn things around. Maybe you're a single man or woman and you're feeling unnoticed or lonely or questioning if you're good enough somehow. And those feelings are real when you read a text like this, because it's lifting up this standard that we're all foolish failures. But I've got good news for you. I have good news for you. This little phrase in verse 10, who can find a wife of noble character or your translation might say an excellent wife. This little phrase is only used three times in the Hebrew Bible. The first two are in the book of Proverbs. The third is in the book of Ruth, in Ruth chapter 3, verse 11, referring to Ruth herself. And in the Hebrew Bible, the order of the books is laid out differently than our English Bible. In the Hebrew Bible, the book of Proverbs is followed by two books and then Ruth. So it goes Proverbs, Job, Song of Songs, Ruth. And by concluding with Proverbs chapter 31, I believe that's right, you might go check that. Um, I think it's Job, Song of Songs and Ruth, but you can Google that. Um, By concluding with Proverbs 31, and then foreshadowing this woman that we need to be looking for and then arriving at Ruth and here she is. It's cluing us in that Ruth is the person who can give us hope when we read chapter 31. Why can Ruth give us hope? Well, here's Ruth's story. Here's all you need to know about her. She married an Israelite man and became part of the Jewish nation. And then she had a son who had a son named David. She became the grandmother of the royal line in Israel that Solomon himself, the author of this book would come from. And she also then became the great, 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 great grandmother of wisdom himself personified on earth. She became the great grandmother of the one who came to bring light to those wandering around foolishly in darkness. So listen, man, woman, husband, wife, who might be feeling the need to uh, cower under the weight of this text, here's what you need to know. You do not have to crucify yourself for failing to live up to this standard because there is an advocate for foolish failures from the line of the Proverbs 31 woman, named Jesus, who has been crucified for you in your place. Every standard that you need to meet, Jesus met. And then he goes to the cross and he dies, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. And then he doesn't stay dead, but he is raised from the dead and he ascends to be with his father. And he promises to return someday to make all things right. And that includes you. And that is our ultimate hope. Our ultimate hope is not that we're all gonna become these kinds of people and fix the world. Our ultimate hope is that Jesus, Jesus, Has lived up to God's standard and he can forgive us for failing to meet it. And he can empower us by his spirit to walk in wisdom. So man, woman, husband, wife, single person who might be listening to this, fix your eyes on Jesus. Let me, let me leave you with these two verses from the book of 1 John. 1 John 2, verses one and two. My little children, I am writing you these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for those of the whole world. So if you are feeling the weight of your failure today, do not live in guilt and shame, but repent of your sins and trust in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for a book like Proverbs and the wisdom that's in it. God, thank you so much for this mother who wanted to give advice to her son. Would we listen to her today? Would we listen to her advice? inspired by your spirit. Father, I pray for for single men and women that as they strive to live lives of wisdom, God, that you would you would you would give them wisdom and strengthen them to walk the path you have before them. God, I pray for married men and married women that you would help them to to love one another. You would help them to strive to be the best husband, the best wife, the best father, the best mother that they can be. And God, I pray ultimately for those who are feeling the weight of their sin today, that you would help them lift their eyes and see Jesus on the cross, in their place, would we walk by the power of the Spirit? It's in Jesus' name that we ask these things. Amen.